0: go I'm sorry. Well,
1: what would he do without you? Put your
0: hands together for Donnie and the Machine. <laughs> Woo! We gotta start it that way. Every time. Every time. Hello, Machine. What's up, Donnie? <laughs> we have a very special guest announced. Two very special guests. It's either episode 26 or 27. I think it's 26 at this point. 26. This is yeah. 26. We know. Donnie and the Machine, episode 26. Dr. Corey Skidmore in the house. Thank you so much for being here, Doctor. I appreciate it. Um,. I'm just going to give a quick rundown on what you do. You're a clinical psychologist specializing with working in children, teenagers, adults. uh, And I'm super happy to have you in here.
2: Thanks. It's great to be here.
0: I appreciate it. Um, So a little background on Dr. Corey and I. uh, Dr. Corey, you were one of my clients back starting in 2010, 2011. We used to work out together. Yes. Right? Starting out uh, the day bright and early, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., going to work out two or three times a week. You taught me so much growing up in my professional career as a tr- personal trainer, just accountability, professionalism, learning how to um, really just interact with people on a professional level and create relationships. So I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that Thank we can you. talk uh, You know about children, talking about teenagers, talk about adults and mental health. I think what my goal with this podcast today was talking about what human beings can do um, to control their mental health? What things can we do uh, on a daily routine, every single day, to help us maintain uh, functional, happier mental health? So, um, uh, can what, I? Yeah, no, go ahead.
2: All right, just to, just to fine tune a little bit, because yeah. I um, make a distinction between control and influence. So, I don't know that I would want to lead people to believe that they could have complete control over their mental health, in the same way that we don't have complete control over our physical health. For sure. But we have a lot of influence. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so even if you have a psychiatric disorder, um, uh, genetically, uh, you you got, an anxiety disorder or schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. Those are serious things that can be passed on in families just like Absolutely. asthma, arthritis. Absolutely. You don't have total control over that. right? But what you do in your day-to-day life has a huge influence.
0: Absolutely. So
2: I would say, what can we do to have more influence in a positive way about around mental health?
0: Absolutely, and I think the medium of, of a podcast too, talking about these things, is a good way to influence people on that level, right? Talk about what works for other people, especially if they're in, you know, a health field or a fitness field. Um, you know, people like yourself. What are things that we can do in our day to day that are helping us that we can talk about to help people out there that might be struggling with things that they can do day to day to help them mentally, right? Right. Um, we have another person in the house today, Zach DiGiulio, Best friend, one of my oh, best man. friends in the world. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you are a uh, a nurse working in. or um... well, just tell me. Tell me what you do. Right uh, I
3: work in a uh, post. I work in a nursing home on a post-acute rehab floor. Um, it's a three-floor facility. We got long-term patients on the second floor, and then we got patients with uh, dementia on the third floor. Okay, mm-hmm. so
0: we're dealing with a wide spectrum of people, uh, and, and myself as a health educator, you know, I'm, I'm working with teenagers on a daily basis and I get to interact with them so many different personalities, so many different cognitive levels and behaviors and all that stuff. I think between the three of us here, I think we can have a nice conversation on, you know, what we can do day to day to, you know, acknowledge some weak points and, and and maybe benefit, uh, ourselves in everyday lives. Right. Right. Um, so first thing I want to talk about Corey, so we worked out together, right? Right. (laughs) Working out is super beneficial, um, for physical health and obviously mental health too. Talk about, um, when we were working out, obviously, and I hope it benefited you, talk to me yeah. a little bit about pers- personally what it did for you to uh, you know, start your day on a positive note when we used to work out together.
2: I know uh, you were the first trainer that I ever had, and I've only had two. Right. Uh, and when I was um, coming to train with you, the main reason that I did it is I needed accountability. Absolutely. Because I had fallen out of my exercise habit and had moved from Chicago into Oak Park and was living by myself. Um, and I knew from the past, the best time for me to work out was in the morning, but I just was not getting myself there. And so I had the money and I don't, I was thinking about this, I do not remember how I ended up with you as a trainer. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, Cause there's a lot of them at FFC.
0: Serendipitous, absolutely. Yeah,
2: and, uh, but it
0: worked, it clicked.
2: Totally clicked. Yeah. One of the things that, that I really appreciated about it was feeling like I was coming in and you would meet me wherever I was at. So if it was a low day and I didn't have a lot of energy, then you know we found ways to kind of bump up the energy. If it was a day when I came in and I had a lot going on um, or I was anxious, then we'd work out in a slightly different way. And you know you're very talkative and engaging, and I appreciated that. Um, well, with, thank you. With the trainer that I have now, he um, he's a great guy, uh, not quite as talkative. Mm. And so there's a lot of times.
0: we A all downtime. Well, Jesus! I mean, I started my own goddamn podcast. I love to talk. <laughs> talking, talking is fun. And you know what? Like you said, like the accountability part. And I, I talk about this with my wife too. Like I'm now. I'm in the the. Um, I'm, I'm putting out free workouts. You know what I'm saying? I'm putting out mm-hmm. free workouts. You guys saw on Facebook and, and Snapchat. I'm putting out free workouts. At Decolafit. At Decolafit. At D-Cola yeah. Fit. I might I might, ch- I might change the name. I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, look, I, I like trying new things. And I like trying to put myself out there and, and see what works and whatnot. Uh, but I'm putting out free workouts. And I told my wife this. She's like, why you know why is someone paying for a trainer then if you're putting out free workouts? I'm like, people aren't paying for the workouts per se. Mm-hmm. They're paying for the time. They're paying for the accountability. Yes. That's a huge factor. Sure. You know, like, when you know that somebody's waiting for you at 6... 6am mm-hmm. i'm gonna wake my ass up at 4 yes. 45 make Definitely. sure that my stuff's prepared so i get to my appointment at six you know yep. like clients they're not thinking about structuring a workout routine they're just <laughs> trying to get there and they yep. need to get a workout in so that they can go start their day mm-hmm. um and Corey, you and i we did that three times a week for two and a half years right you know and well, i i hope yeah i know <laughs> i know i know that you benefit benefited me like i said growing mm-hmm. up and i i'm glad that it was mutual i'm glad that you got A ton of benefit from not only just the physical work but you know the conversational aspect the social aspect of it too super important let's talk about why regular exercise is important for the development of the brain especially within children and teenagers
2: you know i read something recently that has really stuck with me and it it's a a great saying which is about brain anatomy and neurology so you know you have neurons in the brain Mm -hmm. And what I heard was neurons that fire together, wire together, Absolutely, right? Mm. And that I feel like is such an easy way to capture that what you're doing is gonna lay down, you know, pathways in your brain. 100%. So going to exercise, we know that it generates the brain chemistry for positive mood. And it, um, allows people to also I think be in a different zone in terms of what structures in the brain are working. So a lot of times we are, at least in today's society, we're sort of passive recipients. So somebody's out there listening to the podcast, that can be pretty passive. Absolutely. And so using the muscles of your body, right? so that different parts of your brain are activated, different things are working. And that, along with the brain chemistry benefits, I also feel like when kids are working out, we can see them being more aware of their bodies in space, better able to use their bodies, and that builds confidence. Mm -hmm. For sure. Not Mm -hmm. just confidence, like I can do this, I can lift this, I can move this, but I can put myself out there, I can talk to people, um, it builds I, momentum. Yes, a momentum that Absolutely.
0: can be you know driven off of and kind of like ride the wave of that motion. Not only uh, the aspect of getting to the gym and working out, but understanding and knowing that you can put yourself through some physical work ethic and conquer it regularly. You know, mm-hmm. two, three, four times a week, whether that's weight training, whether that's running, sprinting, agility, plyos, yoga. You know, all those things are a physical struggle that you need to overcome and eventually, well, every time you overcome that, you benefit yourself physically and mentally, I think. you know, And like you said, that neuron synapse connection, that firing, I mean, it's, it's clinically proven and science is out there. You look at a brain that's exercising every day is firing way more than one of those brains that is more sedentary.
2: Right. So if you've got somebody who's exercising and if you think about kind of what we were doing, and it is true, Danny, that we would take our conversations in a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I know benefited me compared to when I didn't have a trainer, but I was able to get myself there in the morning. Part of the difference was, yeah, we're, you know, talking it up and it might just be funny. Or we might be talking about teenagers because you were doing some uh, student teaching. Right, right. You know, we're talking about education, not just teenagers' education, but how you were learning to be a PE teacher. Sure. Or just
0: figuring myself out at the time, you know? Right. And, uh, normal things that people go through. But
2: I know I bounced a lot of stuff off of you. Like, uh, this client said this. Do you have any idea what they're talking yeah, about? I do Because I don't, don't want to look as out of it as I might. Right, right. Um, when I'm sitting there with a teenager or a kid. So... Our conversations went all over the place, but you were still watching my form. 100%. I was not watching my form. (laughs) (laughs) And when I went by myself in the morning, I didn't necessarily watch my form either. So that's another huge benefit of getting yourself there, even being in a class. And I feel like people can um, write off classes sometimes, but especially, for kids and teenagers, I think working out in a class can be really great. Feeding off the energy Definitely. of other people.
0: Yep. You know, her, see, I, I, I say this a lot too, like doing something with a group of people, overcoming an obstacle that everyone's got like one common goal, that's super healthy. I mean, we've evolved in tribes, you know, of 60 to 150 people, you know, as evolution happened over time and just you know the ability to go ahead and you know be part of a team or be part of a dance class or a play or you're exercising in a group fitness class with a bunch of people just trying to do the same thing you're there just trying to benefit yourself and feeding off the energy of people is phenomenal I love doing that whether it's on the football field soccer field or in the yoga classroom I think you pinned it on the head that's very interesting
2: uh Dave has a uh, some gear that he wears and um this isn't going to be great marketing because I don't remember what it's actually for, but their tagline is get comfortable being uncomfortable.
0: That's my tagline. And I, (laughs) you know,
2: I, I like that. I mean, I, I could put that on the door of my therapy sessions, right? You know, because therapy is certainly about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Absolutely. But we don't have a society that that thinks that way anymore. And I remember working out and being like, I cannot do 10 more, you know? Yeah. But you're there and you're like, okay, eight, seven. And one thing I really appreciated is, you would count, you would be encouraging, but you weren't over the top, right? And you weren't like screaming at me, no. or whatever. And maybe it's a small thing, you know, I'm not moving mountains, I'm not solving Middle East crises, no. you know, I'm not putting together a parade for the president but I'm overcoming something I think I can't do. I can't go for 20 more seconds, but you can. You can. And you see yourself do it, and that's not nothing.
0: Right, it's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's a very good point, You know, um, super interesting. Let's talk about a little bit um, why consistent exercise, especially with children and, and teenagers, and how this that habit should you know carry on for you as an adult but when it comes to cognitive abilities your ability to understand information faster diagnose things a little bit deeper having the ability to not just retain the information but the ability to put the information out there for other people to benefit from i think that that goes hand in hand with exercise you know uh just exercising on a regular basis like you said that synapse neuron connection is firing much faster Paying attention to things that you do in your everyday life, schoolwork, your regular work, just taking in all that information and growing from it. Talk a little bit why why that's important for kids.
2: Well, and I guess I, I hear you saying two things. You know, one, consistency. And consistency around a habit that you see progress and other people see progress. So one of the most consistent habits that kids and teenagers have today involves a screen right absolutely and it's really hard as an adult on the outside to witness the benefits of that consistency and to encourage that right for sure so if i'm at home and i'm um you know just doing my household stuff i can tell that i exercise because it goes more smoothly. It's a little easier sure, for me. Or just like your not day. as out of breath. Sure. Just like
0: your everyday like tasks that you have to do. You got to wake up. I have clients from this time to this time. And from here, I got to, after this, I got to break. I got to do grocery shopping. I got to make sure this is handled. I got to make sure the thing at the house is fine. My dog, my kids, whatever, you know, and then I got to go back to my work and make sure that this is taken care of. You know, we all experience something like that to a degree. And when you're, physically in shape, mentally sharp on top of things, those things tend to go over much smooth smoothly.
2: Right. And so you get a kid or a teenager exercising regularly, they're going to feel the benefits, but other people will see that too. For hey, sure. you're looking really good. Wow, how could you go up those 3 flights of stairs to class without being out of breath? It's contagious. Yes, and um, I I think having those kinds of habits and being able to get the feedback both from yourself and your own system, but feedback from other people as well. The second thing that I heard you talking about was the cognitive piece of it. And part of what I I know research talks about, the way that doing regular exercise does help people with clarity of thought. So being able to think through complex things in a way that doesn't get mentally overwhelming, and they can find themselves um, coming up with answers, making new connections with things. And definitely exercise will help with that. But it also does a lot for attention and memory. Mm -hmm. And we've got a lot of things in the world today that work against Mm -hmm. attention and memory. Absolutely. Um, Especially again for kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So anything that supports them being able to focus and to remember and learn. So um, the other thing that I feel like, Um, physical exercise in our physical bodies, we understand that so much better than we understand emotion and our mental capacities. And so getting kids in there and getting them to see things, how repetition works with their body, Mm. then it's like, yeah. And so that's why you write the spelling words, right? Yeah. Over and over again. Every time yeah. you start a new year, they review, mm-hmm. right? It's like, I'm, why can I rattle off the symptoms of ADHD? Because I've been over them thousands right. of times. Why
0: can I give you a workout so easily because I've been doing this now right. for 12 years. It right. comes second nature. Right. Right? It, we so are creatures of habit.
2: Exactly, so then it's not like we're brilliant. I mean, no. I, I think we are brilliant, but it, <laughs> oh, that's not duh. it. <laughs> it's just that we've done it so many times and kids hate repetition. I mean, who who doesn't, right? But you have to understand the value of it.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, the school system, you know, we can argue that it's broken and it has its flaws and you know, it's a, it's a system that's been in place for hundreds of years and it's old, right? It was made for making factory workers, follow the rules, be disciplined. It totally throws out the whole creative aspect. Now, things are changing little by little, but it takes time to move things from the way things used to go or how they're kind of going now into a new direction and get people on board at scale right you know right. um unfortunately we we see some negative ramifications with kids as far as like motivation and right. ability to express right. creativity i mean some there's there's trust me i mean i've run into kids all the time and there are some great kids in this next generation i'm telling you I, we're gonna be in good hands and you know, i'm optimistic i'm not an optimist, right? um, but there are some things that are publicized negatively and over the top. So that gets me into my next thing. And I do want to talk about sleep and the benefits of sleep. But we can go right into technology yeah, and how technology nowadays uh, affects mental health. Can I can
3: I piggyback on up? Please, please, so? please. I, I'm, you're saying that so we kind of have to exercise our brains just like we have to exercise our physical you know, body. So people who are retired, how would you suggest that? For them to keep their mental health in check Trying how do you exercise their brains i'll, I'll let the doctor take this one on. what do i know
2: <laughs> you know um
3: because I, f- I feel like people who are retired they just they fall into a routine they wake up they eat maybe go to the store come home eat and you know it's just over and over and you over. you know and, over. and Corey,
0: before i get your expertise I, I i looked at this and i watched this happen uh from a personal standpoint mm-hmm. once my grandparents uh they retired uh at 65 my grandfather was a retired barber he retired at 65 and didn't want to do a damn thing the yeah. second he retired he wanted to stay home he was eating a carbohydrate rich diet he was <laughs> well, not very well, he's active a, he's <laughs> italian right <laughs> he was not very active i think
1: that's just from their generation yep, absolutely. For sure, yep. for
0: sure for sure for sure 100 um so a combination of that not being active um i watched my, both my grandparents deteriorate mentally from yep. dementia yep. and Alzheimer's. I watch it happen. So, Zach, you bring up a great point. How can people who are retired figure out ways to stimulate their brain and physically stimulate themselves, too? Mm-hmm. You know, how can we do How yep. I mean, how can they do that?
2: You know, I've got some hope that we're going to be as a society in the United States, at least moving away from our concept of retirement, which your grandparents did. I see that with um, my grandparents as well. Not so much um, yet with my dad, although he retired, which is retire, which takes us to like do nothing. Right. right? No
3: agenda, no schedule.
2: Right. And it's about not doing your job. You're not working and that if you're not working, then you're just relaxing. And mm-hmm. that's not healthy. It's
0: not. I go ten days on vacation. I'm like, I need to get back to my routine. Right So, <laughs> so
2: certainly, if you know, if retired people would start um, bumping up their exercise habit, but I would say the biggest thing, and i I can imagine, how hard it will be at retirement, but is to be motivated to learn something new. Sure, Do something different.
0: Get yourself out of that comfort zone.
2: Right, and don't take, yeah, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Don't take it as, great, I'm gonna lounge around and do all the things I already know how to do that I love to do. Plenty of time for that. And then take on some new things. Learn to do photography. Even if you have a great workout ethic and you've got a lot of exercise in your life already, Switch it up, do something else, mm-hmm. um, travel.
0: Oof. Yeah. right? Yes. It's a big world out um, there.
2: You know, the official research would say if you want to try to stave off dementia, and Alzheimer's, to do mental puzzles, Sudoku, the crossword, mm. stuff like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is because you learn stuff. Yeah. And you have to take what you have learned and use it in a different way. So that would be the other thing. I think you see happily retired or senior citizen people, even if we get past retirement, now, now you're just old. Um, but if you're out there and you're with kids, like yeah. that- Keeps I, you young. Yeah, I believe that for me, and I'm not all that old, but the job that I do keeps me constantly feeling like, wow, I I have no idea what's going on, right? And then I have to learn something. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You know, I think this idea of retirement, 65 years old or whatever it is, put in 30 years at your job and then collect a check and do nothing and not be a product of the, you know, working for the man, so to speak. But generation have ch- has changed. Information yeah. has changed. You know, like 50 years old is the new 35 and, six- and 65. If you take care of yourself at 65, you can still be working. I work with mm-hmm. a guy who's a retired teacher who is still working in the school and he's taking on things from seven o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night, doing tutoring, doing after school activities, working with kids one-on-one, going to their house. I'm like, dude, what you-? he's like, you know, I'm like, you work so much in your life what are you doing now he's like oh you know you retire so that you can work some more that's what what he says to me and i'm like god bless you right god bless you i'm glad to be working with a guy like you man you're awesome
2: (laughs) well my dad retired and i i loved his attitude which is um i'm done working for somebody the way they want me to work and i'm finally going to have a chance to do the job i want to do and what he wants to do is repair small engines that's awesome so that's what he's doing I'm like dad you need to get into go-karts because snowblowers (laughs) are going to be they don't do that in Florida but um, so he really took it as great this is a chance for me to finally do what I want to do interesting and it wasn't a non-work thing
0: and you know what like that generation mindset back in the day was get here you know get to America a lot of them are immigrants or came up to immigrant class people Mm -hmm. that were working these jobs where they just had to do what they had to do to make a living right? Nowadays, we have the luxury and kids today really have the luxury of figuring out what they want to do because their parents mo- mostly established that that path for them. Yeah. Not everybody, not everybody, but a lot of kids, they have the luxury of their parents already establishing the path for them. Now they can really dig into themselves and figure out what lights them on fire, what they're passionate about, and go and do that. Put themselves out there. Don't be afraid to fail at shit. Put your, I mean, like today, you know, I, I'm, I'm throwing free workouts out there. I got my first... Uh, message from somebody was like hey man it's just not my thing to look at you working out I appreciate it if you didn't do that I'm like hey it's Rudy don't Whoa, really yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm, I, I don't even know this guy which is fine I mean get, your opinion is is you know obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion I messaged have him
2: tried back animation? <laughs> you
0: animation <laughs> yeah right I told him I was like just don't look at it then Rudy oh,
1: <laughs> if it's not your thing
0: that's cool I really would have thought that's somebody you knew or something no <laughs> this guy I didn't even know uh, whatever I mean oh, I don't want to watch you work out but here's the <laughs> why thing why are you on my don't page look it. because Right. because of because there's of those options. because of those types of comments i think people in general are hesitant to go out there and do what lights them on fire because of that negative feedback Uh-oh. they're going to get from strangers or their mother or their father or their significant other or whatever there's a right. lot of
3: trolls out but, there man they will just
0: say, destroy you i say i say make like taylor swift yeah. shake it off shake and, it off <laughs> and do it do your thing
1: why does someone else's opinion matter
2: and are there you know when we think about trolls Our point with this guy is, why are you on this page then? There are so many options are there some people out and I'm, I'm asking are there some people out there that seem like the only reason they're out there is to land someplace yes. and it's, criticize
3: sure and judge people love that negative energy people typically, feed off of it
0: typically right. it's because I mean if you look at this objectively or object- objectively it's not really objectively but if you look at it a lot of times it comes from a place of their own insecurity their yep. own problems right they have to ridicule somebody else because they're too afraid to put their own stuff out there we're all human beings we're all mm-hmm. more alike than we are different we all feel the same thing so to speak you know a different degree but everyone feels insecurity everyone feels stresses anxieties to a certain extent it's about really how you handle those types of things and what you're willing to do to bounce back from. okay but you got
2: to be self-aware about that too because let's take these trolls and back to our question of how do you support positive mental health some people are are doing a lot of things deliberately to keep their mental health right where it is is mm. and that may not be a positive place. No, I
0: mean that's comf- that's being comfortable, right? right. It's right. it's stringing So you're saying from.
3: not posting something in case someone gives me negative feedback, in right. case someone doesn't like it. They right. don't so, do I'm it. I'm just not gonna do it. I right. have a good idea. I don't want to do it, right? Because someone might not like it, and yeah. I might it might right. bring make me, down. me feel bad. It might yeah, make it me might cry. bring me down. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. Or instead of putting my own stuff out there, I'm just gonna go around and criticize. Yeah. And. Maybe that is from my own insecurities, but I'm not really gonna be aware of that. I'm just gonna think like I'm providing a service and I've got a, I've got a super concise mind. I can just like cut through mm-hmm. the crap and see where they need to fix things, yeah. right? And that's, sorry, that's what I'm doing. And that's not supporting them in positive mental health, but they're not necessarily trying to have a positive mental health. They're happy with what they have, which is my role is to cut other people down. And I am feeding on and replicating and maintaining negative energy within myself.
0: Absolutely. And
2: that part is hard. Yeah. Um, and you it's know. unhealthy. Oh yeah.
0: Unhealthy and sometimes that can be contagious to other people too. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. Weird. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the technology side and how social media could be positive or be- or negative to uh, specifically children and teenagers. Because I think earlier and earlier nowadays, kids are getting cell phones. They're getting exposed to Snapchat. They're getting exposed to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all this type of stuff where they're subject to some sort of shaming, possible shaming. And that could have some sort of negative effect on their psyche, their personality development, um, they, the way they change and think about things as they grow right this stuff is i mean it's it's in front of their faces all mm-hmm. the time right you know what i right. mean so what do you what do you have to say about social media and all that stuff i mean is it addictive do you think it's addicting do you think that kids are getting you know high levels of dopamine and serotonin and certain levels of their brain when they're checking their likes and who's commenting on what <laughs> status or their picture you look is. really good here honey <laughs> thank you so much you know like i mean I, everybody wants to i mean have that reconfirming yeah. factor that oh what you're doing is good and all that right but for a younger kid who's developing how can that be negative or positive
2: there's a lot of um different opinions about social media and i think in the end we may end up the same place that we did with other things like rock and roll sure and tv and whatever this that, is part
0: of our generation ooh. that we're gonna have to learn to deal with right. positively anyway
2: and that it's not the medium itself, it's sort of how it's used. For sure. And then what we do to help people understand how to use it and understand how to be cautious with That's it. That's key. And, that is, and I feel like, and I'm not totally answering your question, but I wanna bring this in, which is very often I will have parents who will find that their young kid has um, m- misused or done something inappropriate on um, the internet or through social technology. So it might be they participated in bullying somebody over text messages or Snapchat, or it might be that they went on pornography, right? right? Mm-hmm. And the general response is remove the device for a period of time. So okay, you're gonna lose your phone for the next month, right? And then in that month, they do like nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Parents don't do anything about it, and then they give it back. and. What's completely missing, and I don't have the answer because I don't know how to do this, what's completely missing is how to help that kid use his device in a more healthy way.
0: Absolutely. Right? Absolutely.
2: Or understand some of the benefits and risks of being on Snapchat, doing Instagram, Facebook. So as adults, we can look at that and say, all right, your Facebook life is not your actual life. That is your impression management, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not putting up there the, my snow day yesterday where I don't think I even brushed my hair. <laughs> hey, but I was out there shoveling a lot, you guys. I'm not putting that on Facebook. Right. You know, I'm gonna put myself going to some major event where I think I I think I look great, right? And then my homies who are all super supportive, who would have been like, wow, I'd like to see you all relaxed if I put up something yesterday, they'll be positive about what I put up there, right? Mm -hmm. But your Facebook profile's not your life. And kids don't understand that. They think, okay, this is the way it is. Everybody else is happier than me everybody else has more friends than me right yeah Mm -hmm. um one of the things that i feel like though is really positive about social media is the opportunity for kids to connect with people that they in the past would never have had a chance to connect to absolutely whether it's finding the other group of people who really like you know my little pony Mm -hmm. right or that really like the musical um High School Musical, whatever. Hamilton, those people you could find. The ability
0: to find like-minded people is much more likely now with the ability of social media and connecting to all sorts of people. You know what I mean? That's no doubt. But
2: I think we have to be honest about that. So, for example, um, the LGBTQ community, Mm -hmm. um, definitely able to connect more with um, like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Um, Still, in teenage years, they are at much higher risk for depression and for suicide attempts. So it isn't like being able to find a group necessarily insulates them from those kinds of risks. We have to still keep in mind that the reality that they're walking in can be difficult for them. And that's the other piece that I feel like social media can do a great job with, which is getting people to be connected and have a place for sharing and for acceptance and then helping them to go back out into their real world, Ooh. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and take that confidence or acceptance and then you know, um, pay it forward. For sure, Right. for sure. Because the more that we can get kids to accept who they are and to be compassionate with their own failings, the easier it will be for them to be that way with others. For sure part of what i know we grow out of and i keep being confronted by this when i'm with teenagers and kids is how much they think about what other people think about them. Oh, I talk about
0: man. this regularly. Uh,
2: and i and i'm like, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but they're not thinking about you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They're thinking about what you're thinking about them.
3: <laughs> it's true. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: no, nobody cares that much like when I think about it now and I'm like, if I walk into Starbucks like that I'm worried what everybody's judging me and I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just happy if anybody notices I walk yeah. in. Hey, how's it going today? Good to see you.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure.
2: Right, because like, what I know about the world is nobody cares, yeah. you know? It's They're the not paying attention. But we can't get away from that developmental piece and it's crippling for kids. Yeah. They won't do things, they won't take risks. And they, they have a real bias of feeling that they're being judged negatively. Yeah. So that's the other thing that I'll point out is like, <clears throat> okay, so everyone's looking at you and do you think that maybe Oh, let's just say fifty fifty, right? Half the people are like, damn, she looks good or wow, I wish I had those shoes. They're like, No, no. They're no, caught no, up in their no, own. No, heads. no, nobody's thinking that. No. Nope. You know, they're all right. noticing like I got that zit, you know, mm-hmm. love Or not like, even no.
0: <laughs> not even that. I would say the majority of the people are just caught up in their own head thinking about what right. other people are thinking about them, that it doesn't effing matter. Right. It doesn't effing matter, and I, I tell my kids all the time. Like I, I do this. It's ironic because my eighth period. It's hilarious. Um, just to kind of you know calm them down. I always line them up outside the classroom door before they all walk in all crazy because eighth period. is time to go home after this period. All that. I line them up outside the door. And I'm like, you guys know what time it is, right? And I go hashtag, and everyone says disconnect. So <laughs> I try to get them to disconnect from their mobile device and their headphones. It's Unbelievable how many kids I see walking in the hallways with their phone in their hand flipping through as they're walking, right? It's easy to just. Throw your head in the uh, device and not acknowledge anybody walking in the hallways. It's it, kind it, of funny th- because th- everybody that they're looking at is probably there.
3: Yeah, right. Yes, everybody's everybody's there. There. Exactly. right. It's everybody's weird. There,
0: there. Are, there are, I mean, I see Snapchat screens open all the time. You I, know, I don't know. It's weird to me because we never had that. No, really? it's different. It's... So I had
1: to find you and be like, "What happened?" Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <know? laughs> <laughs> right. So like, you know, they're all sucked in their phones, especially when they're walking in the hallways. It kind of annoys me. It's just an easy way to. It's a cop out to like, you know, acknowledge Socialize, people in the yeah. hall way and look at them eye to eye because mm-hmm. that's that's intimidating no one wants to do that so anyway i i tell them hashtag disconnect and you know i try my great. best to get them to put their phone away and then let's let's take a look at the agenda on the board and we, what we got to do today what we're talking about and uh let's let's you know disconnect for a second and and, and like i say technology is great we, we're moving in a direction mm-hmm. where we have the world's information in our pocket Mm-hmm. You know, and it provides a ton of benefit. We can learn so much if it's used yes. in the right way. Yeah. But I think as adults, as role models as influencers, we got to teach the disciplines of how to use the phone and when it's appropriate to use it and when it's not. So in the classroom, when we're doing some projects or we're all working together to hurdle and jump over an obstacle or figure out a way to. Put the way, put, put together this presentation. I need to work with you, and you need to work with me, and I need to know how other personalities work in order to decipher a problem or 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 put a product together, right? Mm-hmm we gotta make sure that we don't have our cell phones around for that, you know, and then when it's when we're done with what we gotta do, and we need to reference something, yeah, use your cell phone, go back to it, use it as a tool, not as something that's a default for you to just kinda okay, let me just see my likes, you know and and everyone's guilty of it, I'm not saying you know, we're perfect at this, it's just something that needs to be acknowledged, it's something that needs to be worked on, especially with with children I get really annoyed when I see like 10 year olds, 12 year olds at a family dinner glued to their phone that's a problem, that's a cop out for the parents too, though, oh, to absolutely. keep them. It's like, oh, they'll, 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 they'll be shut up. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll be Here, stuck into their phone. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's totally eliminating ways that this kid can develop social skills and their ability to think for themselves. And mm-hmm. what are they going to do when they're confronted in a situation with somebody that you know they're not sure that's, how to confront?
1: That's the norm now with kids. Yeah, it Even is, it when toys. you go to a restaurant, like, here's the iPad, watch something. Right. You know? Yeah.
0: Like the, the grocery
3: them. store. The grocery store. The kids with the, store. With the yep. Phones and the Car iPad. Car rides. Doctor
0: Corey, how do you how do you handle situations like that? Like, how do you handle that with parents? And how do you tell them or maybe even just throw out the idea that maybe monitoring cell phone usage, especially in kids from like six, seven, because I'm sure there's seven year olds with cell phones. Oh, yeah. Six year old with cell phones, you know. So how do you how do you go about having that conversation with families or parents to minimize the usage of those types of things?
2: Well, I think you hit on a really key thing, which is starting with um, what do parents model? So where are they using it? And. If they don't want their kid to use it at the table, then they can't use it. And I think I start out and try to ask parents about how they um, have adopted technology with their kids as a surrogate parenting device or a surrogate babysitter. Mm -hmm. Because that's a lot of when we're talking about going to a restaurant or shopping, um, give your kid a device and they'll be quiet and happy, and so then you can do more of what you wanna do. So I start start out talking about that, because it's not wrong, mm-hmm. right? Parenting is so flipping constant. Yeah,
0: it's hard, so, it's not easy to be consistent all the time, too. Right,
2: yeah. right, and, um, and then move from there to talk about how they monitor where their kids are going on there, and I'm a big one for play the video game, watch the YouTube clip. Sure. Watch the TV show with them, um, listen to the music. What they're doing, try to join. And kids love to educate grownups, mm-hmm. right? So do a lot of like, huh? What does that mean, right? Or what do they say right there? Or, How come that's funny? Yeah. Right. Yeah. If your kid's laughing at something, and you think, oh my god, that's stupid. Ask them why it's funny. Sure. Right. And so if the devices can be a jumping-off point for interaction. I am all for that. Mm -hmm. But much more it is what you guys were describing, which is that each person in the group has their own screen and they're glued on. And they might even be interacting with or reading about stuff that other people at the table posted, but it's better to get it off the screen.
3: Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, and work one-on-one, and, and right. interact socially, face-to-face, right. Right? learn how to talk to people, yep. it's so freaking important.
2: There's um, a social science r- researcher, her name is Sherry Turkle, and she wrote a book called Reclaiming Conversation.
0: Sherry Turkle?
2: Uh, T-U-R-K-L-E, Turkle. L-E. Turkle. L-E. Cool. Yeah, and um, this Reclaiming Conversation, because she did some research with individuals and, um, Most of them would have been like college students Mm -hmm. talking about how they use their device when they're in a group and that people seem to have a preference in that age category for conversing through technology versus conversing in real life because it's more controllable,
0: Mm -hmm. right? And that uncontrollable aspect is uncomfortable
2: exactly and it goes back
0: to the whole comfort zone type thing. right
2: well and i'm sure you get this danny because i know i'm sitting on the other side of it with kids saying you know like hey talk to your teacher about that um why, why don't you just you know after class just stop and you know ask your teacher about it oh no I'll send them an email
0: yeah Oh right? even adults they they love the email even if the building is small right. they love yeah. to send the, the email <laughs> as opposed to walking down the office and, let me go show my face to this person right. yeah, I haven't really talked to them that much and say hey how's it going I want to talk to you about a student the email is the easier way to go but it's, yep. it's the same way as a kid uh-huh. just getting stuck into the phone as they walk down the hallway they I don't think want it's to, just
1: kids it's all of us we would prefer to text them to make the phone call sure
0: or
2: I find myself being in there you know okay so it's, I think I'm, it's I'm gonna can- Cancel, right? So yesterday, snow day, right? And and maybe maybe I'm good enough. Some of my people would have come. I doubt it. But whatever the case, I'm I'm the boss, so I got to cancel, right? I want to do it by text because I can just do pick, cut and paste, and you can right. do it to
0: everybody in one shot,
2: right? <laughs> and then I'm not caught on the phone with like, oh yeah, how's it uh, going sure. for you? Because if I have six people scheduled and I call them all, then that's like a little conversation.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: So. I find myself falling into it with text but the thing that this Sherry Turkle points out is our social customs for things like I have to cancel or I'm sick today because I was thinking you know what if I'm what if I'm sick tomorrow what if I still can't get out of my alley because right. yesterday I couldn't get right. out of my alley I'm like ooh I'll text him yeah right because I don't want to say it to you right <laughs> right because then I have to deal with your response. Mm-hmm. And that's
0: uncomfortable. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. it, you might be mad at me, but, but you know, I doubt it, but it would be like the disappointment and then I'm inconveniencing you and I don't want to deal with it, so I'll just text, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But again, I'm like, well, I can make that decision because I know how to handle people being disappointed. But kids, you know, and we're we're not giving them the opportunities to learn those social skills and to learn to tolerate that sometimes for reasons totally outside of your control or because you made a choice which is which is okay too you're going to disappoint people for sure. And you're going to let them down mm. and you're going to do things that they don't want you to do. And that's okay. And you it, can live with that. Here's
0: another thing though, too, uh, piggybacking off of that. Like I try to tell kids too, if you do make that mistake or you do have to cancel, or there's something that you have to handle that you don't think the, the, the party is not going to appreciate or tolerate or whatever. Obviously you handle it in a respectful manner, but secondly, we're not our past. You know what I mean? Right. We, we have the ability to learn from our mistakes or, things the the way we go about things and change that in our future we're not our past the the person you know you knew back when i trained you eight you know six years ago or whatever i mean i'm i'm uh similar to that person back then but i've i feel like i've grown in so many different areas that i'm not the same person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and that's that's all of us you know um another thing too like part of the reason why uh, i i think that i I'm an effective teacher is that I stay relevant with the kids as far as like the technology. Like I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I have a podcast. I'm learning how these mediums are working to be an advantage for me. Right. Like I, or, and, The people that listen to my podcast and, you know, my best friends here who are doing music and and having their own show, Three Guys and an Appetite, by the way, Zach and Julio on YouTube. (laughs) Um, You know, so we're learning how these mediums work. And part of that is I get to see and understand what the kids like on these mediums. Right. Right. So if they know that I know how these things work and I know what is popular amongst them, I'm more relatable. You know, and I genuinely like to learn this type of shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be as relatable as possible to my kids. I want my kids to be able to come to me and and talk to me about whatever it is that's bothering them. And hopefully I'm able to understand on a higher level and help them through whatever stressful point that they're in in their lives to make Mm -hmm. them think about things on another perspective and ultimately deal with it in a positive way. Right. You know what right. I'm
2: saying. You know the other thing that I think uh, we can really see that we're still dealing with children and teenagers and their like limited life experience because they don't always make the connections that an adult would make. Which is, if I text you and I tell you I'm sick and I can't get out of my alley and I'm supposed to be here at 11, and then at 11:20 I post on my Snapchat chat story that I'm hanging out at, you know, yeah. a Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret sale. <laughs> right. And and, you know, you're my friend, right? So you're following that stuff. You're gonna be like, hey, yeah, wait a minute. But they don't always put that together. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, if I say no to this, then if I post something later, they're gonna know if I said the truth Ooh. or not. Or things <laughs> like, um, you know, I I'm learning how on YouTube to make a bomb. All right. And now I'm gonna like water that down for my homies and do some of my own little videos so they can make a bomb at home. Right? You know, it's just fun, like, you know, just a little more than like a firecracker. We're not talking about going to schools, like nothing illegal, right? You're gonna get flagged. Yeah, okay? For sure. Right? Yeah. You may not know anything about Building a bomb, except what you learned on YouTube. But if you do another video and you put it out Mm -hmm. there, you're gonna get flagged
0: for sure, right? So that
2: sense of there is still a world out there that's watching what you're doing, and and maybe mom and dad aren't paying attention, And your teachers don't know, right? But it's going to get discovered. Absolutely, right? Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I always say too. I said this on the show multiple times. I just think honesty is just something that we need to always go back to if we want to better ourselves if we're not going to be honest with the people around us we're sure as hell not going to be honest with ourselves and if we're not honest with yourself there's no way that you can grow in a positive way Right. You know what I'm saying?
2: Hey, I wanted to um, ask you something, Zach, with the population that you're working with. Mm. Um,
0: can I can I pause real quick? I'm gonna use the bathroom. You guys continue. I'll be right I'll be right back. didn't like you.
2: you use the bathroom right before <laughs> I we did. started? I'm just saying I did.
0: I've <laughs> What are you bladder. drinking? Weak bladder. <laughs> Give me one second. Continue. second. I I I'll go back to
2: the stomach. We should be working in like, yeah. you know, bathrooms yeah. and stuff. But so Zach, how do you see social media? Um, working in that population. And I should tell you, um, I have an older brother, um, 56, and for uh, health reasons, um, he was born with cerebral palsy and then he got um, Crohn's disease later in life, which is kind of not a great uh, Mm -hmm. match. And then he also got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So, you know, he got like all the bad genes. I, I did okay. And anyway, he's in an assisted living facility and mostly it is a nursing home mm-hmm. like i don't say nursing home unless somebody really is trying to understand then i'm like yeah it's it's a nursing home
3: yeah mm-hmm. the the word nursing home is really have that kind of bad term i, I don't know yeah. it's just living is the word now to, it to, is to it, yeah i mean yeah. that's what the
2: facility is officially right. called right and um but but he's younger than a lot of the people, right? So, you know, I kind of have a sense of how he uses social media, but it's been interesting to see him trying to connect with some of the older people who are there too, um, who might, not be as familiar as he is with some of this stuff? I mean, what do you find, and and where do you see it being useful, and are there risks and dangers for that population in terms of um, technology and uh, social I media I use? I don't
3: think so. I think, I think it's definitely beneficial if they know how to use it. I definitely have an older population. Um, a lot of people don't have, they have, you no know, flip phones, even oh, yeah. limited kind of, you know, iPhone with just like the call button, really big screen stuff like that. But there all are some patients who are younger. You know, I got you know 55 60 six-year-old patients in there with tablets and iPhones. Right. But um, mostly, I'm going to say that there's not much technology use among that. Do you see population. a
2: role for it there?
3: Um, definitely, I think that um, people can be brought together with maybe some activities on the phones, stuff yep. like that, stuff to broaden the mind. But um, it's not really used. In fact, we don't even have like devices there. We I think we have a, a tablet that could be rented. Um, but other than that, not really. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because I I know I've seen some interesting things about like say Wii games, right? Yes. Um, and doing them for older individuals, but. You know, there's a lot of isolation there. And, and so this flu epidemic, you know, it was mm-hmm. an outbreak in the assisted living center. And so everybody was cordoned off. To, and that's probably not the right word, but whatever they had to stay in their rooms. Mm-hmm. And Quarantine I was th- maybe? Yeah, thank you. And I was thinking that, that would have been a perfect time if they'd had devices available that they yeah. could have connected mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And if you're there for rehab and you're too... Um, uh, like you're unable physically to move around very comfortably, and you take your meals in your room, you can get really isolated. Mm-hmm. This could be a great way to change mm-hmm. that. I
1: think, I think the best thing that they would enjoy would be just to keep up with what family is doing.
2: Right. Right. Definitely. Like absolutely. following their kids on Facebook or their yeah. grandkids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But somebody is going to have to sit down in a super basic way, like about a thousand times, a thousand and explain times. how to do yes. it. Yes.
3: <laughs> I find it very impressive when I got a patient who is definitely older who knows how to use their cell phone and who knows how to use that tablet. I'm just like, wow, you took the time. Someone taught you that. That's absolutely awesome. And they're able to connect with their family and stuff and do, you know, maybe keep their mind occupied with some games, stuff right. in between rehab and all that other stuff. So. Well, what do they say when you get older, you become like a kid again, right? You yeah. start off as a kid, we
1: yeah. yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So if if little kids can do it, then why can't older people do right. it? Exactly. Out? Right,
3: exactly. Right. Very interesting. A lot of people just turn it off. They're just like, no, I can't do that. Yeah, I, I right,
2: know. right. Yeah, it's too much. It's for too me. much. Well, it it's
0: goes complicated. complicated. <laughs> it goes back to the the uncomfortability factor. Right. It's like it's something that you're not used to. And I don't want to take the time to learn that shit because it's not me. Right. I want to I want to transition. I want to talk about two things that are super important. First thing is sleep and mental health. It's overlooked. Huh. Um, and I have this uh, the statistic here uh, from sleepfoundation.org. They've done studies that say only 15% of teenagers are getting eight and a half hours of sleep on a school night, which is i think more detrimental than people think or what it's put out there to be how many hours um eight and a half so they say that you know
2: i'm impressed 15 percent are getting it i'm like so, i don't know one
0: yeah it's crazy. so i can i can re- relate with a personal story with my kids um my first period and eighth period they're in my health class are freshmen and i always ask the second i get in the, who got their eight hours who got their eight hours the first thing <laughs> the first thing i say well hey how's it going and disconnect hashtag disconnect who got their eight hours let's talk about it hands up let's go three four kids out of the 25 out of the 30 kids are raising their hand which to me is wild because they're at that stage the real stage right where they're very vulnerable they're developing their frontal lobe is just completely adapting to their environments their habits what they you know how they go about things right and that's how they develop right over time that's how they develop the personality and you know their ability to make decisions and how to battle adversity and handle stressful situations, right? Um, When they're not functioning optimally, right? When they're not recuperated or recovered 100%, there can be some negative ramifications, doctor. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I really feel like all of us are not respecting sleep as Mm -hmm. much as we should.
0: Mm -hmm. Not not at all. Yep. Sabri? (laughs) and the, machine? The, not,
2: <laughs> the connection it has with everything with learning memory attention mood physical self um ability to eat healthy right that's another
0: thing i want to talk about is nutrition and we're going to talk about that in a little bit but let's so keep going with the sleep thing
2: all of it um if you've had enough sleep all of those things are helpful part of it is i think We are a society that has found a way around the natural sleep cycles because we have electric lighting. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever gone camping, you know, sun comes up, you wake up, sun goes down, it's over. That's
0: called the circadian rhythm. And I do want to talk a little bit about that and how important it is to be on that rhythm and how human beings, we naturally, we wake up with the sun and we want to go to bed when the sun goes down. It's super important for longevity, for your metabolism or any sort of uh just staying away your lowers your risk of any sort of metabolic disease obesity heart disease diabetes all that mm-hmm. stuff if you stick to that rhythm where you're going to bed at the same time every day you're waking up at the same time every mm-hmm. day it does a lot for all those things like you were saying earlier
2: right and um you know i love the hashtag disconnect or hashtag unplug it's really
0: unplug. i'm gonna do
2: really that. hard to do it is and um We've trained our brains to sort of, you know, be at this like I'm constantly I can I can multitask everything, when right? Really we can't. Which really we can't. But um, so many people believe that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to like boom go to sleep, right? And um, your brain doesn't necessarily, in terms of brain activity, it doesn't necessarily say like I'm tired. So, as soon as your body would say it, right so if you're just keeping your brain busy, like you're sitting on the couch like me last night, I'm watching Stephen Colbert, and you know I got uh, some game going on my um, tablet, and you know I'm kind of doing sort of a little bit of a texting conversation with a friend and I'm not recognizing I'm tired mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. My body's tired, I'm ready to go to bed, but I can sit there for another hour and do all of those mental things. Sure. <laughs> Um, it's really tough with kids, and I think this goes back to some things about our education system. You know, it's it's still set up schedule wise, like we're an agrarian society. For sure. And we're not. So we don't we don't need kids to have summers off because they're in the fields. We don't need them to be off at 2 pm so they can go finish the chores or something like no. And um, we have research about teenage sleep, which says they, Need to sleep later in the morning.
0: Interesting. That's
2: their circadian rhythm,
0: mm.
2: and only one. Uh, as so you're saying
0: as, school day starts too early.
2: Way too early. Really interesting. Way too Coming early. Coming from a
0: doctor here. All right. All right.
2: Well, and um, you know, and and that's well known, but the forces at play to try to change that are massive of course because we're talking about busing schedules we're talking about teacher schedules we're talking about after school jobs we're talking about sports
0: parents jobs their obligations
2: all of that right so we've got this thing where we have little kids who are much more likely to be awake earlier not going to school till nine Right? Mm -hmm. And parents are, you know, now a big problem is they get up at seven and they're ready for school at 7.20 and then they go on a device and it's really hard to unglue them, you know, peel them off their device to get them out the door to go to school on time. Then you've got these poor um, high schoolers. I know one um, suburban high school and it starts before 7 a.m.
0: Before 7 a.m.? Really? Well,
2: only like about 10 minutes, but still.
0: Wow, that is yeah, way... if you're starting at six, they start at 6:50. Wow, wow. I mean I was that like, is wrong. Last year I was at a high school in Gage Park and we started at 7:45. And what that time did we start? that was rough. We seven. eight,
3: eight. Oh, I Not, thought it was like seven, like 25 or something like that. When we were
1: freshmen, it was uh, eight fifteen, I think. And but when we became sophomores, the next class needed uh, more credits to graduate. We had, we got an extra period in the day. We had to start at 7:45.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. I we, got
0: out of, we got a 310 or something like that. Yeah. I had a
3: math class my first class. We, st-
1: we started off with eight periods, <laughs> yeah, no then they chance. added
0: nine periods. So, Maine Township, uh, they just transferred over. And, and uh, this is for Maine South. I don't know about... Um I don't know about main east or main west but they transfer to a block schedule system now oh oh did they yeah they're doing Same block thing. scheduling or they're they're maybe shifting that in the next year so i don't know if they started it this year but i know that they're in talks about block scheduling and you know there's pros and cons to block scheduling right i right. don't want to i don't want to get into that no, part no, no, of it no, no, no. um but, you know.
2: Because see how complicated it gets when we're just talking about how do we help people get more sleep. And adults, if we go back to, you know, modeling, modeling, modeling. Adults yeah. do not model good sleep habits. I don't have a good sleep habit. And, um, and it's really tough to know um, how to change that for yourself and then to validate that. For yourself, let alone to validate it for kids, like, hey, wow, you look super well rested today. Who says that? Yeah. Right? We'll say, oh, you look really tired.
0: Mm-hmm. They do say that a right? lot.
2: But we don't say, and then you go, uh, my parents would always say, nothing good happens after midnight. I'm like, but nothing fun happens till <laughs> 10. You know? So true. It's interesting. It's
0: <laughs> true. Oh my <about>. God. <laughs> um, you know, look. As somebody, personally, somebody who's uh, always took a look and, and made an effort to get in bed at, at the right time every every day, <laughs> listen, I, I fall asleep and my body tells me, hey, dude, it's time to go to bed. And I've, I've stayed consistent with that ever since I was a kid, you know, and especially going into my 18, 19-year-old uh, life when I was personal training I'd have clients early in the morning so I would always wake up at five in the morning and I knew for a fact I was not going to get up at five in the morning if I was up till 11 or 12 yeah. o'clock there was just no way of that happening so right. I took my my career seriously I wanted to learn the the ropes and really be the best I could in my field whether it was personal training or being a high school teacher and just adapting and learning I made sure that I was getting eight hours right. and I can tell you that cognitively physic- physically you know it it pays off it pays off, you know. You're like able us. to go. Yep. You're able to go, ungodly amount of hours. Like you know, from five a.m. to ten p.m. Sometimes when after a long day of teaching, doing behind the wheel drivers ed, coaching, <laughs> coming here to podcast and recording a song, we don't get done until you know ten o'clock sometimes. And I get I get home. I go to bed, whatever, and I, I, I wake up with seven and a half, eight hours, and then I do it all over again. And another thing that's very complimentary to this is eating habits. Another thing I want to talk about, um, mm-hmm. nutrition, and and something that I've really developed a, a, a passion for is learning how what foods um, work with my body well and what doesn't work well. You know, um, the sugar epidemic. Everything has sugar in it now, and a lot of times, you know, growing up, you remember that food pyramid. Yep. Right, sixty-five percent of your daily caloric intake should come from carbohydrates that was 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 taught you know bread cereal pasta rice right um get that bagel the orange juice in the morning right we think it we think it's healthy we think it's healthy but (laughs) that's how we were taught what do we what we were taught and and why why is it why was it like that for generations learning this we we thought that saturated fat and unsaturated fat was the demon was the devil was the cause of heart disease and diabetes and uh, obesity and all that stuff when in all reality it was the overconsumption of sugar and that was mm-hmm. due to scientists being bribed in the 1950s saying that you know unsaturated, unsaturated saturated fat was the cause of all this and sugar wasn't but the science is fairly clear but it's not mainstream really there's a lot of people that still right. demonize saturated and unsaturated fat and eat carbohydrates thinking it's no problem yep. well you know what do you have to say about I
1: don't that? know. The carb, the carb thing, like, let's say bread, as far as bread. Look, when it comes from immigrants or people who came from a little bit poorer countries, sometimes that's all they had to eat. Absolutely. So now they they can't eat a meal without bread. Oh, like, absolutely. Soup and everything. Like, where's my piece that's of my bread? my bed, You yep. know? Yep. I hate it.
0: I, sure. I, but... And you know what? Look, some people have uh, an ability to burn off... Yeah. refined carbohydrate faster than others. Some people can't, right? right. Uh, some people are more insulin sensitive. Some people are less insulin sensitive, which means that they require more insulin to kind of like uh, level off through your blood sugar levels as white starchy carbohydrate basically instantaneously turns into sugar in your bloodstream, right? And we need that insulin to kind of balance out our blood sugar levels, right? But what happens is if we keep ingesting refined carbohydrate, we feel more hungry. We feel groggy. Um, we get that crash around three, four o'clock. We mm-hmm. want to nap, right? It's not good for your gut. It's not. Oh, and, and another thing is, okay. is, is is gut biome yep. and how that plays a role mentally. You you're saying like you know exercise, sleep. It has a, a, a great effect on our mood, right? Uh, let's talk about the gut bacteria. And the large intestine, and what they need to feel good and the connection it has with the with the, the brain. Are you familiar with this?
2: Not a lot, except um, I can tell you a super interesting fact. So, uh, serotonin is the name of the n- neurotransmitter in the brain that is uh, one of the main ones responsible for mood. Right. And so, feel
0: good drug, basically. Right. So, uh, on dopamine.
2: SSRI is another word for an antidepressant, It's selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Mm-hmm. You have serotonin receptor sites in your gut.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I feel like, to me, that was such an eye-opener about the way that gastrointestinal issues impact on mood. Mm-hmm. So if I've got a kid, a little kid, who's constantly misbehaving, right, and seems kind of... Um, Hyperactive. I'm going to ask about their diet, and I'm going to ask about their um, voiding, particularly constipation. Interesting. Because those things really can contribute to mood and behavior issues.
0: Also, also autoimmune diseases too. Right? Yep. Um, right. So, how do we keep that gut bacteria healthy?
2: Well, I don't. I, I don't know.
0: I'm going to answer it.
3: <laughs> He's gonna answer don't worry. Question. I got it. DC's
0: here. Well, <laughs> answer your question. Listen, Does he do that a lot? First of all, <laughs> I'm not a, a, a clinical scientist. I don't do research in the lab. I only know what I've read, what I've learned from videos, from podcasts, and things that I've applied to myself and clients and what have you. But vegetables, fiber, fibrous greens, we can't digest that but it is food for our large intestine. It's food for our gut bacteria. And you said we have those serotonin receptors in our gut bacteria. And when our gut bacteria is fed and is happy, that's a direct correlation with our mood and our energy levels and how happy we are, how sad we are, our ability to um, handle stress and you know stressful situations and anxiety and all that stuff. So if we're getting uh, oh, fermented foods, Greek yogurt, kombucha, kimchi, Things like that, that keeps our gut bacteria super happy and healthy Uh, and we see those benefits with our brain and our energy levels too. I don't think that, I know that our kids, children, teenagers, adults, we're not getting enough vegetables in our diet. What are the things that we can do to easily get, you know, algae, kale, spinach, spinach, You know, uh, what what, what are the things that we can do to easily make that accessible and get into our diets regularly? You know what I'm saying? Like that needs to be acknowledged and and hopefully people understand that and make changes in their everyday daily routine to, you know.
3: I think they got to put the time in to, you know... prepare the meals it's not even easy that just like to, to
0: really first of all understand this to right, understand right, this. this is right. this is information that you got to want to change right right understand that you know diet has is a is highly related with mental function and cognitive development and especially with with children who are and teenagers who are in those developmental phases mm-hmm. where they're developing personality we're developing their ways that they d- make decisions and behave and all that stuff um it's super important, and for overall happiness, life is just better when you're happy, right? right? <laughs> Am I wrong? Thanks, no. Captain Obvious. Thanks, <laughs> Captain Obvious. Uh, okay, and you know, like, and, and we're and we're touching on all these things too. Like, although that there are things that are uncontrollable, like you know, there are definitely the d- diseases out there, mental diseases out there that put a strain on this, and it's hard to control. But there are daily routines that we could, you know, make happen and that we are in control of that could help in a positive way mentally, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely, And being able to practice those things on a daily basis, it also will allow you to have the flexibility for the times you want to overeat or have too much carbohydrate, right? For the times that you're going to um, be a little light on sleep, right? And then you get back to your regular daily habit. And daily habits seem like, you know, sort of humdrum, right? Um, but we minimize the importance of structure and consistency around how we manage our bodies and the way that it connects to our mood and to our mental capacity. And having those good habits around exercise, sleep and nutrition um, definitely can pay off massively around how good you feel about yourself, how good you feel as you're walking through your day. When I'm talking to people, um, I feel like happiness is kind of you know, overrated and I'm working for like content, but I also talk a lot with people about um, recovery mm. because life doles out what it doles out. And you can take it personally or you can figure it's random, but it's gonna have its bumps. And a person who's in a good healthy habit around their physical self, as well as practicing mental health, you know, benefits, uh, whether it's doing meditation or whatever, those are people who are going to be able to overcome or manage and recover from some of those life bumps. Whether Absolutely. it's, mm. you know, I walk out from this podcast and I've got a flat tire. Well, that's stressful right right but how are you gonna handle it right exactly
0: and how like what's your attitude towards it you can be pissed off and pout about it and complain about it but it's not going to change the reality of the nature of right like i was just
2: talking to a client the other day and she was saying you know uh i was i was coming here and there was this person walking across the street and i just it really bugs me when people walk slow and i was (laughs) like okay well how long is that gonna bug you for she's like (laughs) Oh, I I don't know maybe the rest of the day like what? wow okay so that's not recovering yeah right you know, so
0: being able to let go
2: exactly and just yeah you know depersonalize that that they've got nothing and and just yeah let it go and move on and that that's a sign of, of good mental health It's sure. when you can let go of things and. Find find other reasons for why people are doing things besides just that they're trying to make your life tough or they dislike you and they're judging you harshly, right. that they're insecure, um, they've got a lot of unmet needs, whatever it is, sure. right?
0: And, and that's a day-to-day thing that all people have to deal with, right? This is every day, right? And right. practice and putting these t- types of things to practice hopefully will benefit the person that or people that go through stressful situations. Now you said something that I wanna to touch on and that's meditation. Uh, I've been a big proponent of meditation the last three months. We started a 30-day meditation challenge just because our our friend over here, Sabri the Machine, has got the smoking habit, and I thought that meditating 5 minutes a you're day trying to change him for 30 days I, listen as a not a, good mental health you're problem. right you're right Changing you're right other people. you got to change at your own pace you're right do you but, know him <laughs> as a as a friend who i as, as why a, do you think
2: it's in pe as a friend
0: who i love dearly you know i like like we talked about before the podcast like we call out each other on our faults and hopefully over time we, we acknowledge those things and we try yeah, to we benefit do. ourselves like we know the negative ramifications of consistently smoking and they're not good we do as as a, as a place coming from love and caring for my friends, I try to figure out ways that we could better ourselves. You know, that's I'm all gonna, that's coming I'm gonna, from. I'm going to ask her real quick. Yeah.
1: So when we started this challenge about I'm trying to quit smoking. So for a couple of days, maybe I had one to two to three, you know, right. just try to slow down. Tell me, is it a good idea for him to constantly text me? Did you smoke? Did you smoke?
0: <laughs> I'm just checking in and holding him accountable. That's it.
1: Right. But you're reminding me. About that yeah, struggle. Instead of me just focusing yeah. on work and not worrying about a cigarette, right. I, get, I open my phone. I'm like, did you smoke? I'm like, really?
0: <laughs> really? I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry about that.
2: No, no. Uh, here, here's what I'd recommend because I, 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 see your point um, that when you when you get that message that reminds you of wh- what you want that you're denying yourself or mm-hmm. depriving yourself of that. You know where he's coming from. His heart's in the right place. Right. Good mm-hmm. intent, but but it kind of puts you back to the struggle, right? Exactly. And here's what I would would say, which is, you're smoking for a reason, and it does something for you. So if we're gonna take that away, whatever it does for you, you gotta you gotta get that someplace else because it's something you need, mm-hmm. right? So, whatever that gives you and it might be the community aspect it might be the break right Mm -hmm. because sometimes i think well you know damn that'd be nice if i just went and like stood outside for two minutes (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um,
2: (laughs) and um finding ways to replace what that is and it might i mean the common thing would be the the way that it boosts your system somehow mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Or they say the that the stress relief
0: they say that nicotine in cigarettes does act as a nootropic so helps with the synapse neuron connection however there are those negative uh, um oh i'm getting a phone call but i'll end it right now um, there are those negative ramifications from the <laughs> the carcinogens and poisons that are also in cigarettes just, you know, and then and obviously the addicting factor that nicotine plays a role into, right?
2: Right, so if you had a better understanding of, of why he's smoking, then what you could do is send him something that supports him for getting those needs met someplace else. Like, you know, um, hey, have you checked out outside? It's it's super nice out there. Today. You're right.
0: I or probably whatever. shouldn't bring it up, the whole smoking thing, when we're trying to quit. And I apologize about that. I didn't know that you felt that way. And uh, if I knew that, I wouldn't have... It's- Oh, it's we're healing, we're healing, guys. Yeah. I'm so sorry about that. But <laughs> like the... I'm
2: glad I was here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. But like the the practice of meditation, the whole like focusing on the inhale, focusing on your exhale, the softening of your body, the whole like mental aspect of the the focusing of the breath is like that bicep curl for your brain. Right. You know, and I I felt going back to that 30-day challenge which basically sparked this new routine in me. I wake up every morning now. And I meditate at least five minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I go 10. The other day I went 25. I was really feeling in the zone. I love it. I love it. It's 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 a new thing that I've uh, added to my routine every morning. And I feel that it's helped me handle those stressful situations better. You know, I'm able yeah. to put myself out there and be creative and not really give a shit what other people say, to, to be honest with you. I know. You that mean
2: you did care about that before?
0: I think it's something that. We have to struggle with on a daily basis, right? And, and you know, it's not yep. that I put it to bed altogether. It's something that I struggle with on a day-to-day thing. I think all human beings do. I yep. think we all do to a certain extent. Yep. And I think that you know, along with the meditation and the sleeping eight hours and the exercise and the nutrition and the camaraderie, the the, the, the relationship I have with my friends, the podcast, the creating of music, the putting myself out there, these are all aspects in my life that help me cope with the bullshit. That we deal with on a day-to-day thing, whether that's the snow or you know a late payment on <laughs> right, this right. or a flat tire my car, the problems at work or whatever, whatever it is that people deal with on a regular on a basis, I feel like meditation for me has been a, has been great. It Person- is great. It's been it pr- personally, great. it's been great. And I and I've been intertwining it with my kids too. We do meditation Thursday. We take five minutes, nice. ten minutes to to do this practice. And I, there's our there are studies out there, in Gen can. Camusher and I talked about this in our podcast, episode twenty-two. You can go back to it, people. Um, that deans and and people that are giving out or disciplinary deans that are giving out suspensions or detentions, they're doing meditation with those kids, as opposed to just sitting there doing nothing and uh, you're punished. That's cool. You that's know, great. they're they're doing this meditation. To Hopefully spark some sort of positive benefit and get the kid going in the right direction I think it's brilliant And I think this is something that we're gonna see going into the future more and more because mindset is everything if you have your You know Mm -hmm. your ability to control your mind and in certain situations the sky's the limit, you know motivational factors occur Your creativity just jumps up your ability to talk to people and just go into what fires you up, you know
2: Um, Meditation is an an amazing thing and um, the benefits that come from it, you, you just—you don't have to be digging too far below the surface to come up with a lot of research that says good things that come from meditation. One of the things that I think, when I think about meditation, I think, okay, this is a discipline. It right? is. And being mindful is a lifestyle. It's not an activity. No. It's not like a a perspective or a frame of mind you adopt. It's, it's a way you try to move through the world, right? So like a life philosophy kind of thing. Yeah. I think meditation can be overwhelming for people because they, uh, so many people would say, well, I can't do it, For sure. right? So we have these preconceived notions about what it is. And there's a, um, an author, well, she's a researcher at Stanford University. Her name's Kelly McGonigal. And she's done a book called *The Neuroscience of Change*, and the there's another book on the willpower, um, instinct, something like that. Anyway, Kelly she, McGonagall. Yep, she talks about she talks about um, meditation, and that if you are quote unquote bad at meditation. That's great for training your self-control. But the purpose of meditation is to get people to start paying attention to where their mind is going mm-hmm. and then bring it back to something else. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right? And bringing it back with compassion and non-judgment, right? Just like you would take a 1-year-old like, "No, we're not going to play with the electrical outlet. Let's play over here." Yeah. Right? However many times you need to do it.
0: That, that redirecting that redirecting yeah
2: so when people say oh well i can't do that cuz i can't empty my mind no problem right it's it's not necessarily that what's beneficial is that you sit around with your mind being blank it's that you're paying attention and it's a practice yes and that you're bringing it back to your breath and then you're you're getting centered on something that is a natural process like breathing yeah right?
0: it's what's it's the one thing that makes us live or it's the one thing that brings us to life really our breath you know uh it's very interesting go go ahead
2: uh one thing i was going to say about sleep too that i think uh is uh, relating to meditation as well which is that these are things that we're just beginning to really understand right right but if you think about the physical body most organs have a way of clearing their systems, right? So stomachs have, you know, the intestines and then, you know, you rid your body of waste, right? right? right. And lungs you breathe out, mm-hmm. right? Your brain doesn't have any way of doing that. So what's what's the like, you know, picking up the garbage, mm. right? It's sleep. Yeah. So you got to have sleep in order for your brain to like get rid of the garbage for sure right that's its system for cleaning itself out it's if you don't do that so enough true. then you get super crowded meditation is another way that i think you help your brain to sort of manage the massive amounts of input that it's getting all the time if we go back to the technology thing meditation is like the antithesis of i can multitask
0: sure
2: right and When I look at kids and we're talking about, oh, you know, I I have kids who come in and say like, I think I have ADHD because I can't pay attention to anything. I think, well, when are you trying to pay attention to just one thing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That they've trained themselves to have constantly split, like splintered attention where nothing's getting full attention. And then we sit them in class and we say, you know, don't use your phone, right? Which I'm not saying we should let them use their phone, what I'm saying is, if you have trouble paying attention in class, maybe it's because that's the only time you're supposed to just be doing one thing, Yeah. right? Because even, I'm amazed at how little people will do now where it's the only kind of input they have coming in. It's like, can you walk down the sidewalk without listening to music too?
3: For right? sure. Yeah, that's true.
2: Can you be in the car? Like, I crave quiet, sure. right? Um. So kind of go... Relaxation. Yeah, yeah, it's stillness. And it's hard to find. So people will say, oh, you don't watch TV, but you live alone. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah.
0: you know?
2: Yeah. I just want it to be quiet. Sure. But m- more and more people are, and kids especially, would be, I have to be constantly entertained. I can't just be doing this one thing. And I can't just be sitting here doing nothing, mm-hmm. right? so helping them to understand that the act of doing nothing like meditation is about being still is actually really hard yeah and it's really good for you and it's it's in balance do we want you know i don't want everyone to be monks and and i don't think that for your average person it's healthy to sit around and meditate for like eight hours a day right, of course right but in balance with all of the other information flow that your brain is trying to do. Meditation is great.
0: For sure. And another thing to it, the whole thing of building momentum and getting things done, if you say to yourself, I'm gonna meditate three times this week, and you follow through on what you say and you hold yourself accountable, that's another way to establish that momentum. And you say, hey, I said I was gonna do this three times a week and I did. What else could I do like that? Oh, okay, well, I'm gonna add workouts three times a week. I'm gonna go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week and I'm gonna get to it okay, I did it. Now what else can I do? I'm going to make sure that I make that green shake right before I meditate every single day. So I make sure I get my greens in that day, right? Or I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write for an hour mm-hmm. every day or f- three times a week, whatever. And the thing, the beauty with meditation is you don't need anything. You don't need, you just need a, your, your, your house, something that, you know, a, a, a chair, a couch, whatever. You have these meditation apps. You can use yep. Oak, you can use Headspace, Headspace. Mm-hmm. right? Headspace is a great app. Um, so like everyone's got a cell phone everyone's got a piece of technology this goes back to using it appropriately and just giving yourself the five minutes or two minutes two or minutes. whatever exactly that's all it takes right. you know right. focus on your breath say i'm going to just focus on my breathing for two minutes and try yep. it yep. maybe it doesn't work out for you that's okay you did it try it again the next day right you know yeah. and then again not it everything builds. works
2: right out of the box no,
0: no yeah. definitely not you know how, so we started writing music again mm-hmm. me sabri and brandon yeah,
2: i heard your song
0: did you like one, it? One of the songs. Yeah. Well, one. We only have one out there right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, so I heard that <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, but like, like getting back into that is is challenging, and there's lumps that we got to figure out, and then, you know, disagreements, and and all this stuff that we, you know, his perspective and my I perspective.
2: Could probably help you with that. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: There's only one way in the studio, and it's mine.
2: <laughs>
0: and then there's only one way in the studio, and it's mine. <laughs> right. And this is the stuff that we battle together, and it's great. Um, and it's it's challenging but it's it's a fun process and I, I, I genuinely love doing the podcast, the music, the you know, just doing different things that, that challenge ourselves to, to be creative. When you and brought grow. up
2: a really good point too, and about how much do you have to do it and setting realistic goals for yourself. So when people hear meditation, they're thinking, Oh, I gotta sit there for a half hour and no. do nothing. It can be, yeah, three to five minutes. Yeah. So, there's an app called Breathe to Relax, and the two is a uh, numeral two. Breathe, Breathe to, to relax. relax. Okay, cool. And I like that because it's essentially a meditation kind of thing, um, but it gets individualized to your breath. And you can individualize it every time you go there if you feel like, cool. uh, today I'm kind of congested, so my breathing is different. But otherwise, you set it up, and then it will um, give you a visual and an auditory cue for breathing in more deeply than your normal breath and breathing out longer than your usual breath. Interesting. Which is really great. And then you can set it for however long you want. So you can even set it for like eight breaths. So if I'm having a really full day and I'm kind of going back to back and I don't have time or I feel psychologically like I don't even have two minutes, right? I can go on that app and be like, okay, take eight breaths. Right, Ooh. which is under one minute Easily. for me, right, and it helps. For sure, it's not nothing. And you know.
0: it's so right. and it's so minuscule. It's totally doable. Right, you know, it's totally right. doable, and that's the point. And just to get on that, um, there's one last thing I do want to talk about, uh, and this is uh, we can talk probably another whole podcast on this, but uh, I just want to get your ideas. So medications and how they affect mental health. Do you think that there's certain people that may be at risk for getting on medication too early and how it develops for them long-term or like, what are your thoughts on medication and, and the problems that we have with addiction and opiates and all that stuff mm-hmm. in today's day and age?
2: Well, I mean, medications is a, it's, it's a really broad term. It is, it is. And so it, it, it asking, helps a
0: ton of people for right, right, sure. Right. So
2: are you asking me about like psychiatric medications? Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: or even, or even like medication people get for pain that they become addicted to. Right. You know, right. That, cause that's a, that's a problem too.
2: Oh, that's yeah. That's a huge problem. And some of it just goes back to, um, our level of difficulty tolerating discomfort yes. and our assumption that life being okay means we're happy, pain free and hassle free. And right? whatever ways like,
0: that we can get that done, right. we will do.
2: Right. So, you know, me having to do stuff I don't want to do and being stressed and feeling a little like maybe this is out of my league, like those are negatives. Like, well, you know, maybe, maybe not, actually. Maybe those are things that are good for us in balance. Right. 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 No, you don't want your whole life like that. But I think um, if we're talking about medications for psychiatric conditions, let's say, you know, we could take a hot one like ADHD being diagnosed in kids and they're being given stimulant medication, right?
0: That's it's real, it's happening.
2: Oh yeah, and um, it, can that be beneficial? Yes, if we go back to neurons that fire together, wire together. So if you've got a kid erratically out there, right, um, they've got a lot of neurons firing together, wiring together that are not gonna be adaptive for them, right, so medication can help with that. And then we get some neural pathways laid down that are useful And that help them right no medication I would say this even for pain medications medications are not gonna fix it they're a tool right and all these other things that we've been talking about are crucial so if I've got somebody that I feel definitely has a chemical imbalance in their brain that's causing them to be depressed or anxious and they're at a level where it's difficult for them to make the changes they need to make on a consistent basis to get relief, right? Well, medication can help with that. But medication is not gonna change it if you don't change anything else about your life. For sure. Maybe it'll make you feel better for a little while, and then you'll come off of it because that's probably who you are. And if your life hasn't changed at all, you're gonna go right back to it. And I will say that a lot. To, to teenagers, young adults, adults, we aren't, I am not going to recommend that you be medicated so that you can keep living your life at the pace that you're living it. You need to make some changes. This isn't good for you, that's why you feel that way. You need to be a better advocate for yourself in your relationships, for example. For sure. You need to set better limits on things. You need to put your inner three-year-old to bed, mm-hmm. right? when it's time to go to sleep and not stay up so late. You need to practice some of these things that you know will help you. And if medication prevents you from making those changes because it allows you to feel better while you're living, you know, while you're running yourself into the ground, I'm not on for that, Yeah. right?
0: That's very interesting, very interesting. And I think that's a great way to close out this podcast. I think we touched on a lot of topics that You know, that's going to get out there to people. And I know that it's going to benefit them in a positive way. This is great, Corey. Thank you so much. If people want to reach out to you and, and, uh, you know, learn a little bit more from you, where can they find you? Do you have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Well, I'm not
2: on social media. All right. All
0: right. That's all right.
2: No, but... um,
0: I know there's a lot of good, like... You know reviews for you out yeah, there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know there's some reviews on Yelp, but I'm definitely you know if, if you just looked up my name,
0: Doctor Corey Skidmore, Levels Skidmore, yeah. Oak Park. Yeah,
2: And if there's somebody out there who would like wants to develop a website for me, I'm totally on that. I'll barter with you for sessions. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, so thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you. you. It was great. Yeah, it was great. It was so much fun and informative. And I mean, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing here. I love doing this with my 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 best friends here. A lot of things, a lot of good things have happened since we've started this. And, uh, you know, not just for us, but for, for people listening, too. It's been great. super great. Zach, where can people find your show?
3: YouTube, Three Guys in Appetite.
0: It's Zach DiGiulio, Three Guys in Appetite. Uh, thanks for being here, too, my friend. Yeah, of, of course. Thank you. That I appreciate was great. it. You're great awesome. To have you. Sabri, The Machine, Yo, thank you so much for setting think, this up, like I think always. i we're
1: going to close out with a little bit of. Brandon's
2: collaboration.
1: Let's
0: do it. So Brandon's, Brandon, Brandon, uh, our best friend Brandon, is uh, he's going and working back on, on music as well. Uh, he's got this uh, the SoundCloud name Grayscale. SoundCloud Grayscale. SoundCloud Grayscale, where he's making his own beats. Uh, go to SoundCloud, look at Grayscale, listen to some music he's got. We're gonna close out with this episode 26. Doctor Corey Skidmore, Donnie in the Machine, Zach the Julio. Follow us on Instagram, Donnie and the Machine. Follow us on Facebook, Donnie and the Machine. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes and SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, listen to Sobs the Machine on SoundCloud. Subscribe to him as well. Thank you so much for all your support. You people are fantastic. Great Peace. Great scale. Peace.